Not too long ago, one of my social media videos showed up on a pretty big far-right hate account. The comments ranged from ridiculous to horrifying to outright violent, so I braced myself for any attempts to find me or my personal information, but they never came because I had signed up for Delete Me to protect myself and my family. Because when you're public in your advocacy and activism, you really need to be careful. Delete Me removes your personal information from data brokers on the internet. Details like your name, address, age, phone number, email address, and even photos of your home are flushed and disappear from Google search results. I feel so much better with an expert continuously removing my personal information from tons of sites so I don't have to. I want you to have this peace of mind too, so I am giving you a 20% discount on any Delete Me consumer plan so you and your family can stay safe. Go to parentsoftransyouth.com slash favorites for the link. For any purchases made through this affiliate link, Parents of Trans Youth will receive a small commission at absolutely no cost to you. All right, go to parentsoftransyouth.com slash favorites and y'all stay safe out there. Welcome to Everyday Trans Activism, the podcast spotlighting everyday people working for transgender rights and equality so you can be inspired to take action. This podcast is brought to you by Parents of Trans Youth. Go to parentsoftransyouth.com for more information. And now, on to the show. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Everyday Trans Activism. I'm your host, Mandy Giles. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the parent of two transgender young adults and the founder of Parents of Trans Youth. So today's guest is Vienna Cavazos. Vienna is a queer youth activist who I had the pleasure of meeting in Washington, D.C. when I was up there recently. They have a heart and soul for activism and have already done so much with so many organizations as a youth. So, Vienna, welcome and thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. So why don't you introduce yourself however you want to do that? Yeah. So. As said, I'm Vienna Cavazos. My pronouns are they, them. I am a queer and trans youth activist in the Northeast of the United States. I'm originally from Texas, but I unfortunately moved, and we'll probably get into that in a bit. But I am associated with a plethora of organizations in Delaware and Maryland and D.C., most importantly, Queer Youth Assemble, which is a nonprofit serving queer and trans youth in the United States under the age of 25. So I guess we can start at the beginning. I wanted to hear how your journey into activism got started. And I have a feeling it probably started in Texas. So I was born into like a very politically active family. My mother and her mother were both sort of activists in their own right when it came to immigration rights. My grandfather immigrated from Mexico. And so there were tons of opportunities when I was very little to go to protests regarding immigration rights. And then later, as we went into 2016, the infamous build the wall. Uh, so that's one of the main places where I started, sort of following my mother in a little stroller. Um, 
And from there, as I grew up, I got into my own interests, into my own like political niches, if you will. And I got a huge interest in queer and trans rights, huge interest in racial justice and disability justice and voting rights, especially as we started to see these the Texas legislature take a turn. And so when did you start getting involved in the Texas legislature? Was that two sessions ago or or more? I want to say more. My mother and I had been going up to Austin for a decent amount of times to protest and to speak out against specific things, mostly regarding the Texas legislature's sort of aggressive stance on immigration. Mm-hmm. And that was, I want to say, 2017, 18. Mm, okay. Um, in 2019, I believe that was the year of like the big climate strike. And we were very active in the climate strike in San Antonio, where we lived. Mm-hmm. And then come 2020, 2021, when the Texas legislators started to go towards trans children and trans families, that's when my mother and I really started to ramp up going to Austin, starting to speaking out, starting to speak out. And we got involved with a local organization called Fiesta Youth in San Antonio. For me, it was a sort of place to relax and not be as stressed about everything that's going on, because it's a very open and accepting space, especially for queer and trans youth. And when Governor Abbott wanted CPS to go after the parents of trans youth, that was kind of the final straw for my mother and I. Tell me more about the decision to leave Texas. Yeah, it wasn't an easy decision. I mean, it's not an easy decision for anyone to sort of leave family, friends, your home. I lived in Texas all of my life. My mother had, for most of her life, only leaving temporarily to live in Vegas for a bit, then live in Seattle where she had me, and then move back. But our friends, our family, everything's in Texas. And so the the decision was hard. It was one that we had been thinking about for months up to that point and almost a year, especially following the outbreak of COVID-19 and the BLM movement Mm -hmm. as Texas started to seem more and more aggressive towards marginalized communities in their state. And from there, we saved up money. We're like a working class family. So saving up money was long. Yeah, uh, to move. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were able to move to an area where our mortgage is manageable. And it's interesting. In Texas, we love we love Texas. We really didn't want to leave, but we felt like we had no other choice. Mm-hmm. Because it was either we leave or either I get taken away from her. I have to detransition or we have to sort of look for other options of living, like living situations. 
which would be me moving out from her or mm. me living with, say, my grandparents or my father. Mm. To, I guess, to protect both of you, I guess, it, from if y'all were separated, that would protect both of you under the directive, I guess. Or, yeah. I mean, not protect, but you wouldn't be under that directive. I didn't, I, I hadn't yeah. thought about that. So, of course, none of those options are good <laughs> at all, or <laughs> moving is not good. So, I know, like many families in Texas with transgender minors, I, that just puts, I'm sure, puts y'all in an awful position. Yeah. Like I said, it was hard. Our family didn't really understand why we were leaving, mm-hmm. other than the fact that we were leaving. It was a difficult conversation to have with my grandmother because Mm -hmm. she was used to us being around all the time. We basically lived with her. And she was sad for a while because she had to go back to living alone. We had been living with her and taking care of her as well as she had been taking care of us. And sort of almost being forced to leave really hit her probably the hardest because she didn't have to take me to school in the morning. She didn't have anyone to go to church with. She didn't have anyone to go with her to the grocery store. And all of our families in Texas, but she lives alone and she's stubborn, so she (laughs) enjoys living in her own home. (laughs) And... We are worried for them because, well, we don't know if anyone else in our family is queer or trans. We are a family of color. We are a minority family. And yeah, it's scary. (laughs) Yeah, I would say I kind of love and hate Texas at the same time. So so now that... You are out of Texas and you and your mom are safe. How did you start getting involved in all the many things that you are involved in? Because I know that it seems like every time I look at your stuff on social media, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's another organization like that you started <laughs> or or like joined in. Like how I, it's it's amazing to me that you you have the time and, and the energy to do all this. So tell me about some of the things you're involved in. Yeah, well. To get involved in organ in activism up here, one of my main like incentives was I had to leave. I don't want other people to leave mm. or to feel like they have to leave. And if they do, I want them to have a welcoming space in the new state that they're going to. That is the goal of multiple organizations in Delaware, Maryland, D.C. There's a lot of resources that are underutilized mm. and are now being that were already strained and with the influx of people are going to be strained more. But getting involved here was interesting. So Uh (laughs) I live right on the border of Delaware and Maryland. And because I live in Delaware, the bigger cities are very far away, Mm. more populated, more dense, more active are about a 45 to an hour drive away. Mm-hmm. And coming from Texas, that's not much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah. 
And as someone who doesn't drive at the moment, someone whose schedule is entirely reliant on my mother's um, and her availability, it's difficult to find that sort of community that I had in Texas. So one of the cities in Maryland, Salisbury, has a PFLAG chapter. Chapter. Okay. And I joined the PFLAG chapter despite being a Delaware resident. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, I got more and more involved volunteering and helping their youth group because, like I said, I came from a youth group in San Antonio that was very strong, very robust and had a lot of programs, initiatives, and offerings to the middle of nowhere. And so after a couple months, I decided to join in on helping their Pride Parade. I was their volunteer coordinator for Pride. And then it was <laughs> stressful. Yeah, that's <laughs> just jump right in. <laughs> Um, my family, we've always been a jump right in kind of Well, that's people. true. You've, you've had um, good models. Um, from there, I reached out to other organizations in my area, took some suggestions from people who helped uh, sort of mentor me, um, getting involved in Delaware-based groups that are closer, getting involved in even some Maryland groups that may be across the bridge. And from that, I got involved with Sussex Pride, which is a great organization in Sussex County, Delaware, for queer Delawareans. And I have made wonderful connections in Maryland, Delaware, and D.C. through Trans Maryland, Free State Justice, Sussex Pride, there are some organizations that are planking. It's already a um, lot. <laughs> and my activism is coming through being a young person in the room. There are hundreds of young people who could easily be in my place, but I sort of have the time to sit in those kind of boring meetings, take notes and listen to what the people who know more than me are saying about this legislation coming through or um, this specific event. And I am all for, I definitely want there to be more seats at the room for young people, especially since a lot of these issues are happening to young people. Exactly. So much of the legislation or proposed legislation in are, is targeting transgender LGBTQ youth, whether it's medical care facilities or curriculum or books or or any kind of, you know, targeting with schools. So it's important to have that youth voice in the room. And you had said learning, I think, from those who know more than you do, but you have obviously that lived experience, that current lived experience as a queer youth right now. And so that is extremely important. So don't discount yourself. You're, you're you can, even th I know those meetings are boring and you're an important part of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about Queer Youth Assemble because I know that's one that you are definitely involved in and it's, a, a, is it a national? It's a national program, right? Yeah. Okay. Like I said earlier, Queer Youth Assemble is 
a national organization focusing on improving the lives of queer and trans youth in the United States under the age of 25. Mm -hmm. They have plenty of programs like a pen pal program, and I've suggested it heavily to people. Uh, that sounds like so... It's it's so needed. T tell me a little bit more about the pen pal program. Yeah, the pen pal program is to provide connection to people who may feel isolated, alone, and not heard. Something that a lot of queer and trans youth struggle with, um, especially because these attacks on our rights can be very isolating, can be very difficult to deal with and the emotional toll that this has on people is heavy. So sort of having someone to talk to, whether it's over email, actual letter letters, um, mm -hmm. or social media, is extremely important because it can foster that sort of community. And community and connection are very important in sort of not losing hope. And it's something that is extremely important to us at Queer Youth Assemble, how we can sort of connect other youths who have similar interests, who want similar goals, or even similar locations. Because being queer in a rural area, or even in a big city, can seem like you're invisible sometimes. But we're not invisible, we're everywhere. Um, <laughs> even if we don't notice. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that parents ask me a lot about. How do I get my kid to meet other queer kids where if maybe they don't live in a, in a place like, like Houston or San Antonio or D.C. that have these amazing, even an LGBTQ center or much less a, a, a really strong youth group or, or one at all. And so this feels like a lifeline, really, for a lot of kids. So I'm really glad that they are offering that. That's awesome. I'm wondering what, uh, where you see the role of allies in trans rights activism. How can they get involved? Where do they stand? <laughs> and it, <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think allies play an important role. Um, it's one thing to have the community that it's affecting speak up. It's another thing for those who seem to have no connection to speak up. It shows that it's not a specific issue that only one group cares about. And especially since these are, you know, human rights that are being attacked, allies play an important role in being that sort of person in the room that will unfortunately more likely get listened to, especially with legislators. Um the average voter is someone that they care about more than their constituents sometimes, mm. even if their constituents are queer and trans. Mm. And it's unfortunate, but kind of the way it is right now. Yeah. And hopefully it'll change. But allies are an important part of this. They also offer an even bigger community. Sort of when everyone stands united against or for something, then that's a community. Um, that's a strong community that will be able to better organize and better speak out against something. Well, sh 
even if I care about this issue, I'm not sure I can speak out on it or what what do I do? Where do I go? Should I do this? Because maybe I'm not trans, so so why should I go talk to a legislator or or give comment or testimony? And so I think you brought up some really good points that you're right, unfortunately, especially let certain legislators in particular, <laughs> would listen more to, say, a cisgender, heterosexual, well, frankly, white people, depending on who those, again, legislators are. <laughs> and the bringing up sort of the, the strength and numbers that for allies to, to lend their voice to the causes that the queer community is fighting for, that's really, really important to have even more voices. So thank you for that. So what advice would you have for someone wanting to get involved in activism, advocacy? What would be the first steps, especially for, for young people, since, since that's <laughs> where, where you're looking from? <laughs> um, one of the main things is kind of just, um, this is going to not sound helpful, but go for it sort of get involved with organizations that are local. If you don't have like a GSA, talk to people, talk about starting one. And there are plenty of resources online. I know PFLAGs typically have resources on how to start a GSA. So that's one of the avenues. Another one is go to your state capitals, testify. If you can't go there, testify at school board meetings. If you can't go there, call your representatives. Call your representatives, your school board, even state and yep, state legislators. There are plenty of ways to get involved. There are plenty of ways to get your voice heard, signing petitions, sending emails, talking to your friends and raising awareness. And one of the sort of most important aspects to me is to not stop talking because it can seem futile at some points like you're not doing much but it's doing something and the more you talk about it the more you'll be able to get through to people it's sort of it, it's almost like a pestering thing especially with legislators <laughs> yeah. if you just keep pestering them they're going to listen at some point mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I like that don't stop talking both in in the pestering sense <laughs> for the for the decision makers but also making your voice heard and there's so many different ways to do that I think sometimes people think it's just going to the state capitol or to DC or whatever and and it doesn't have to be that it can and that's great but like school boards gosh I mean oh that is just uh, a, a huge battleground right now. And I think for young people to speak to the school boards and say, this, we are the ones that these policies are affecting. Um, I went to the, uh, a Katie uh, ISD board meeting. Um, Katie is a, a suburb outside of Houston. And uh, the they were uh, proposing a gender fluidity policy, and it did pass. But the number of students there who were speaking passionately was incredible and the power that they had and 
it was it was palpable in the room and they've already organized things. And so I think seeing that also inspires other people, I think, to to think, wow, this is possible. I do have a voice and I can use it too. I could be like that person or that person or or like you doing all these wonderful, amazing things. <laughs> so Okay, so thank you so much for your your wisdom and your stories. And I know especially talking about moving from Texas is a tough topic. And thank you for, for sharing that with us and being vulnerable. So if you want people to find you, where do they go? What are you promoting right now? Where do you want people to go? Yeah. Um, one of the main things is, of course, Pre Youth Assemble. We're on Instagram Twitter, Facebook, (laughs) (laughs) kind of, and we have a website. And I can put another one in the show notes too. Okay. Another one is Trans Maryland. It's an organization that's going towards benefiting trans Marylanders and an organization I know and work heavily with and as well as Sussex Pride. That's an organization in Delaware for the Sussex County, which is the lowest county in Delaware. There's only three counties in Delaware. It's really weird. What? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Coming from Texas, that, that's Oh, shocking. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Free State Justice, that's a Maryland-based organization. It's a advocacy and legal group for LGBTQ Marylanders. They do a bunch of legal stuff on, um, well, the legal side, as well as go to Annapolis, which is the state capital of Maryland, and testify there. And for me personally to find me, my Instagram is K1NG0FH311. Got it. I was like 14 when I wrote it. Do not (laughs) hold it against me. (laughs) It's going to change eventually. And yeah, um, I have a Twitter, if I remember it. Oh, it's my name. Vienna1213. That's my Twitter. Okay. And yeah. So listener, if you would like to show gratitude for Vienna and their work, please choose one of those organizations to to support and, and give a little donation. Queer Youth Assemble, Trans Maryland, Sussex Pride Delaware in Delaware, and Free State Justice. So you can pick one of those. They're all awesome. And I will have the links in the show notes. So Fiona, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I loved it. And I I just loved getting to know you better. Thank you for having me. All right. I hope to see you soon. All right. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Everyday Trans Activism Podcast. For show notes and resources mentioned in today's episode, head over to parentsoftransyouth.com slash podcast. This show was produced by Parents of Trans Youth, a resource providing learning, support, and community to parents and caregivers of transgender, non-binary, and gender-diverse kids. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and can keep on being inspired.